Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 149 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Romans chapter 11 today, and our focus is on the kindness and the severity of God, and also the importance of perseverance. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Special thanks to new listeners in Karachi, Pakistan, Bihar, India, New South Wales, Australia, Alberta, Canada, New York, New York, and Dayton, Ohio. Thank you all for listening. Please do check in on our website, Bible2021.com. It's the best place to subscribe to the show and to find show notes and to contact us with questions or comments. And I would encourage you to share that web link with your friends to get them involved in daily Bible reading. So the next few episodes over the next couple of weeks, there might be a little bit on the lean side. And by that probably means right around 10 minutes where it's supposed to be, or maybe a little bit less, which will hopefully make up for the last couple of months being on the high side of 10 minutes. My family and I are heading to visit our hometown of Birmingham, Alabama at the beginning of June. So I'm hoping to record a few episodes to keep things going daily before we leave. And those episodes might be a wee bit shorter than normal. Never fear, though. It'll probably all work out in the end. Our verse of the day is a doozy. Equal parts startling and encouraging with a strong challenge at the end. It's Romans 11.22, which says, Therefore, consider God's kindness and severity, severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness towards you, if you remain in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. So, consider God's kindness and severity. Now, what exactly does this mean, Paul? Uh, Most people who are kind are not severe, and most people who are severe are not kind. So what in the world does it mean for us to consider God's kindness and God's severity? Well, the first Greek word there is quite simple. Sometimes it's translated as goodness and sometimes as kindness, and the word sort of seems to have both of those meanings as it at its root. For most of us, hearing the Bible tell us to consider and remember and think about the goodness and kindness of God. It's not terribly surprising. It is a good thing for us to do to remember God's kindness and goodness, especially when we are going through trials and tribulations, uh, just to stop and remember that God is good. But the second word there is a bit more of a challenge, not something we think about a whole lot. The Greek word is apotomia, and it comes from a word that means sharp, like as in a sharp sort of rebuke. It reminds me of Mr. Beaver's declaration about Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia. Aslan is both good and dangerous, and that is a really pretty good description of God Almighty. He is kind and good and gentle, but he is also a consuming fire. Consider this deep and gripping meditation of Spurgeon on God's kindness and severity. He says, Dire famines are still abroad. Fell diseases stalk forth and mow down their helpless victims. The Lord Most High is terrible, yet surely he is good. His decrees are inscrutable. What then? We must always be ready to worship him with resignation as well as exaltation, with bated breath as well as with grateful song. Tell me of the goodness of God to the whole animate creation. Commend me to the tiny insects that dance in the sub-beams of his widespread benevolence. And I tell you that he is great in power also. His ways baffle our scrutiny. 
For by one chill wind, by one cold frost, in the course of a night, millions of millions of those creatures perish at once. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God, whether in creation or in providence, between the tenderness that fosters life and the sternness that destroys life, the balance is held so steadily that we can but get glimpses of God's goodness by broadly surveying or minutely examining them. Now that's deep and probably worth a listen again. Let's go read our chapter, Romans 11, and then we're going to come back and consider the last part of our verse of the day, those encouragements to keep persevering. Romans chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I ask then, has God rejected his people? Absolutely not. For I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? Lord, they've killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left and they are trying to take my life. But what was God's answer to him? I have 7,000 for myself who have not bowed down to Baal. In the same way, then, there's also at the present time a remnant chosen by grace. Now, if by grace, then it is not by works. Otherwise, grace ceases to be grace. What then? Israel did not find what it was looking for, but the elect did find it. The rest were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear to this day. And David says... Let their table become a snare and a trap, a pitfall and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and their backs be bent continually. I ask then, have they stumbled so as to fall? Absolutely not. On the contrary, by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel jealous. Now, if their transgression brings riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, How much more will their fullness bring? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles insofar as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I magnify my ministry if I might somehow make my own people jealous and save some of them. For if their rejection brings reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? Now if the first fruits are holy, so is the whole batch. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Now, if some of the branches were broken off and you, though a wild olive branch, were grafted in among them and have come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree, do not boast that you are better than those branches. But if you do boast, you do not sustain the root, but the root sustains you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. Well, true enough, they were broken off because of unbelief, but you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but beware. Because if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Therefore, consider God's kindness and severity. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness towards you, if you remain in his kindness, Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even if they, if they do not remain in unbelief, will be grafted in because God has the power to graft them in again. For if you are cut off from your native wild olive tree and against nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you will not be conceited. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the Deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Regarding the gospel... 
They are enemies for your advantage, but regarding election, they are loved because of the patriarchs, since God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. As you once disobeyed God, but now have received mercy through their disobedience, so they too have now disobeyed, resulting in mercy to you, so that they may also now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may have mercy on all. O the depth of the riches, and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, And who is ever given to God that he should be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. Well, one closing exhortation is found in the last part of verse 22, which notes that God's kindness continues towards those who remain in him, but those who fall away will be cut off. Consider these verses that encourage us to persevere, like Hebrews 3.14, which says, We have become participants in Christ if we hold firmly into the end the reality that we had at the start. Or 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So, brothers and sisters, be encouraged to hold firmly to Christ and to consider God's wonderful kindness and his severity because he is holding firmly to you and he is good. Let's close with our Bible verse of the month, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.